Going beyond the headlines? Getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. Well, it's been over a week that the uh, deadly high school shooting in Florida occurred, and we are still talking about it in a number of different ways. But I wanted to talk with my next guest, who has written a recent article and focusing on how witnessing violence harms children's mental health. Dan Flannery joins us from uh, the uh, violence. Rather, I apologize, Professor Flannery. I'm in a different spot here in my studio. Professor and director of the Bagan Center for Violence Prevention Research and Education, Case Western Reserve University. Hello, Professor Flannery. Good evening. Good. I just wanted to make sure I'm hitting the right button here. Thanks so much for joining us, Dan. Uh, We have talked a lot in the past week about the shooting in the high school in Florida. And you wanted to focus on what these violent images, even children seeing them, what it means to their mental health. Can you explain? Yeah, I think one of the things that's happening right now is that uh, particularly with the advent of social media and cell phone use and access to things on the Internet, our kids are being exposed to these uh, events as well as images on a much more frequent and intense and daily pervasive basis. And we know that even if uh, a young child isn't necessarily the direct victim of violence, uh, which is also a big problem, But just being exposed to these kinds of events kind of repeatedly over and over again certainly increases their levels of being anxious and fearful, even depressed and angry. Um, A lot of kids after these events, for example, you know, don't want to go to school. They're afraid to uh, show up. They think this is something that can also happen to them, and they don't necessarily feel very safe. So I think these effects are sort of permeating. You know, they're exposed to things around the world, not just in their backyard. Dan, when you say kids, uh, what ages are we talking about? Because that's pretty broad. Yeah, I think we we have um, evidence that shows that kids as young as seven or eight um, are certainly experiencing elevated levels of mental health uh, symptoms when they report being exposed to high levels of violence through television, through uh, movies, videos, etc. It's really anyone who is also growing up in a you know violent neighborhood or violent home for that matter so it's not confined just to school and the point that i was making was that uh, you know when these events occur they're reported on immediately we now have um, some instances where kids are live streaming and and posting photographs while the event is occurring on instagram and other social media sites so uh, from the very youngest children to young adults, you know, they're constantly on their phones and they're constantly checking in on these things through uh, formats like Instagram and Twitter, et cetera. And we see that this kind of activity over a period of time can be fairly detrimental. Detrimental, but are you going so far as to say witnessing this violence will create violent children? There is certainly an association between exposure to violence in terms of increasing your risk of becoming a perpetrator over time. It's not a direct solid line for every child. Some kids are fairly resilient and, you know, what they can cope with and how they deal with uh, these things. But if you have a young person who's um, vulnerable because they have a lot going on and don't have the supports that they need, um, and have other issues, you know, this, if you think of a young person who's sort of building blocks in a tower, 
Some kids can build a very high tower before it topples, and some kids um, can only put two or three blocks up there before uh, things become troublesome for them. The point is, is that it's not just the most serious acts of violence that uh, a child or an adult might be victimized by that can affect your mental health and your ability to cope uh, and get through the day. I guess I just worry, Dan. Yeah, Dan, I just worry that it was earlier this week I talked to another researcher who said, let's forget about this argument about watching violent video games creates violent children. And we seem like we've had this association for so long, but it's been proven wrong. So uh, I I think, if anything, I'd like to focus on the kid's mental health and making sure that uh, a parent is aware of if a kid is anxious, if they've heard about shootings or if they've seen a lot of stuff um, on different social media. But I I don't know if I want to go so far as to say that there is this connection because I feel like that's been proven wrong. We're certainly, there's certainly still a lot of debate about the impacts of any singular thing like video games. Mm-hmm. So um, when you look at sort of these horrible incidents like school shootings, it's not as if kids are playing a video game and then going out and perpetrating violence. That's certainly the case. My, my position would be that let's stop trying to isolate a singular cause Good. like violence in movies or violent videos or video games, etc., and let's start focusing on what our kids are being exposed to every day across a variety of settings and mechanisms and understand that that can impact their mental health. So I would agree with you that let's stop trying to look at individual things that we think might be the cause of something, much like we've had these discussions about is there a checklist that can predict who's going to go perpetrate a horrible act like a school shooting? Well, there's a lot of things on a checklist that a lot of kids would, you know, be checked off for, but they don't go off and shoot somebody. So it's not so easy to predict who's going to become violent, and there's no single issue that is the main driving force. So I would, you know, I'd throw bullying in there too, right? Bullying is an issue, but it's not always the issue that causes someone to act out um, at school uh, in terms of seeking revenge and that sort of thing. All right, I like that we've jumped to yeah. conclusions. Yeah, we like to we like to find a cause. We like to rationalize it. We like to have a reason, but it's not just one thing. Then I want to, if we're able to agree on that, not that we're having an argument here, but um, what can parents take away from this? Because I think that's the the bigger concern is are there are are there red flags that a parent should look for when it comes to your child's mental health? Because sometimes kids don't always share what's going on with them if they are anxious or don't understand that they may be feeling depressed. What should parents look for? Right. Well, first of all, I think parents should be sort of proactive and as much as they can monitoring their kids' social media access and use computer, phone, et cetera. Um, so our, our kids, you know, we tell them we're paying for your phone. You know, we get to see what's on it whenever we want, mm-hmm. <laughs> whether that's giving us your password or um, you can only use the computer, you know, when you're downstairs with us as opposed to up in your room by yourself. Uh, I think another thing that parents need to do is to just pay attention because kids uh, may sort of throw out signals if they're struggling. They may have changes in mood. They may have changes in their grades. You may have changes in who they're hanging out with and what they're doing. These are all kind of things that might add up to a concern, and I think we need to you know, be available and open to have these conversations with our kids and ask them what's going on. They may not always tell us, but um, if we're sort of constantly saying, if you need us, we're here, 
if you need help with something, you know, let us know how we can help you. And if I'm not the one who can help you, let's figure out, you know, someone who can, someone who you are willing to talk to, a teacher or a coach or someone else. Dan, good words of uh, advice. Thanks so much for having the conversation with us today. No problem. Good luck. You bet. Dan Flannery, he's professor, director of the Bagan Center for Violence Prevention Research and Education, Case Western Reserve University out of Cleveland, Ohio. It's 417.